and welcome to Middle Age Geeks. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV, games, and everything else kind of geek-related that tickles our fancy. I'm one of your hosts, Daz, and this is my co-host, Phil. How are you doing, Philly? Yeah, pretty good, man. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good week. Really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed getting some feedback for last week's episode. That was a fun one to do, uh, Aquaman, and just kind of take the piss out of it. It was, uh, it was a bit of crack. So yeah, no, it's been been good, pretty decent week yourself. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, yeah, the, the feedback from that was was great. Um, I didn't really realize how scathing we were in in some of our uh, review segments of it, but uh, yeah. Um, it's good to to get another uh, crappy movie out of the way. And this week, um, because it is the 45th anniversary of Alien, we decided uh, what uh, a perfect excuse. And we don't really need any excuse to kind of talk about these movies and these franchises that we absolutely love. Um, we thought we would revisit um, Alien, the movie, in our retro corner. And before that, Phil is going to give us just kind of a, a rundown on the alien history and franchise. And I don't know what he's got up his sleeve. Um, and before we get to that, then um, I might just go through what we've been playing um, and watching this week. If anything, other, if anything, non alien. Uh, yeah, nothing alien this week. Um, I've yeah. been playing a bit more of, as I said, I was replaying Batman. I had planned on playing the new, um, well, what the fuck, Prince of Persia, because the date yeah. was down as being the 15th, I thought. But mm. the 15th is if you fork out extra for... Yeah, it's three-day early release. Yeah, it's actually And I'm, be fucked if I'm paying a tenner to get a game. Like, it's not the money, it's the fucking goddamn principle. If the game is ready mm. to be released on the 15th, then you release it on the 15th. Yeah. This way of gouging a few extra quid out of people by having it, giving you a three-day extra release does my fucking nut in so oh, it's fucking no, it is scandalous like no it's and already it's at that like it's already 50 quid mm. for a metroidvania game yeah. is already too expensive if you ask me 100 although yeah. apparently apparently there is a, you know the longevity apparently it is it will take fucking 20 25 hours which is good yeah. um but yeah so i've replayed a lot messed around with some with batman arkham again mm. watched some shows i watched um i watched echo the new uh, marvel one. Oh yeah yeah, hear, watch them start to finish because there's only half a dozen episodes. Tough good things? No, like, I mean, some of the vitriol spitted at it is ridiculous. Like, I kind mm. of, I watched it and then I was just looking to see what other people thought. And some of the vitriol was really unnecessary, you know, especially from, from, you know, from from um, general public commentators, like saying, I brought one horrible prick who was saying, like, the only reason, the only reason people are giving this any high marks is out of a sympathy before the, as the actress's death and, missing a limb i was like that is just insane like it's That's not a great show by any yeah. means but i think some of the criticism like if you took out if you took out some of the kind of supernatural stuff to it and kept it more like mm. um daredevil and the punisher i think it actually could have been okay i did i i thought alaka cox who was the uh, echo i thought she did quite well mm. um but it was just all the nonsense that they put in was annoying and um, vincent d'onofrio wasn't really used enough and one of the things that was hyped up beforehand was this like six minute fight scene we were going to get mm. in the first episode. And that's what the guys, it was before it came out, the creators were saying, look, it's awesome. There's a six minute fight, mm. Daredevil in it. Like six minute fights there. Daredevil is not in it, only in it for two minutes or something of that six yeah. minute fight. But they caught, it's one of these ones where they're supposedly it's a one shot. But even for yeah. like an amateur like me, I'm looking at it going, I'm pretty sure I can see 
where the cuts were done. And I don't, I'm not in that industry, but I'm pretty sure I can spot them. It goes around the corner or something. You know, yeah, just, and, just, like, su- and it's just super close ups and stuff. And even, mm. and if it is done the one shot, they've definitely put CG into it as well. Um, so it's not like say Daredevil, that there's one in the first season and second, second season of Daredevil, as you well know, that look like one shots, but aren't, but they're so raw and vicious. Like he's knackered. He's they're fighting a bunch yeah. of dudes. He's fucking, you see, he's just, just about jumping out of the way and hitting dudes. And like, it's, it's, it's so raw and yeah. gritty. And this is missing that it's that the choreo, the fight scenes are a little bit too choreographed and, mm. um, like it, it's not terrible, but it's also, it's not great. And it, I think it, the score that it got would be even lower if not for the fact that it's R-rated. Like there's people getting, there is some cool deaths in oh, it. Wow, like people cool. getting shot up and stuff. It's blood and, mm. uh, blood and violence in it when it's in it. But, um, yeah, it's not great. There's a Yeah, Yeah, Yeah song, which is the, the opening credit song is Yeah, Yeah song. Oh, so that's cool. cool. You can extra star for um, that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, the only thing, it kind of made me a little worried for Daredevil Reborn. I'm you know, because that's, that's the that's next one to come out. Rubbish, and, yeah. Yeah, like like it's it was great to see Carly Cox, or Charlie Cox as, as Daredevil. I loved mm. seeing him in Spider Man, um, and just like yes, I fucking love that show. Mm. But seeing this got me a little bit uh, a little bit worried for it. Like what they're doing with these just, characters, like the, like yeah, is, is, yeah. isn't he in? He's in She Hulk. I haven't seen that fucking show. Like, but uh, he's in She Hulk. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Just the way they're writing the character, it's. It's kind of like it's just going down a path, and and the surrounding um, shows as well. They just seem to be uh, dipping off in quality quite drastically. Um, I, and I, 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 yeah, I saw with the, I with the Echo I, thing. Yeah, there was wasn't it? Um, there was eight episodes initially, and it was cut down to five straight away. I was yeah, like, that's a warning. I, that's it. Like, and I, and I feel that this part of Daredevil's in it, the small little bit. I feel like. He's in it in a very certain way that I think that they're going to try and do a crossover when that shows out, mm. you know, because he talks about, I don't, I don't want to ruin anything, but the, what he talks yeah, yeah. about is, you know, that what that he was interrupted doing something by Echo. And it's just, I think that they'll do is they'll show that when Daredevil starts, they'll show that scene yeah. from his perspective, if you know what I mean. That would be my guess um, because his part of it doesn't really make any sense. He's only in it that mm. couple of minutes in the first episode and that's it. You don't see him again yeah, yeah. for the whole thing. Um, so yeah, no, it's not great. Um, and the only other new thing I watched was I watched about four or five episodes of the new Ted, you know, Ted, the movie, the TV, made a TV show. Yeah. It's good. And uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Ah, like it's, it's, it's low brown. I mean, fucking it's Ted. It's, yeah, yeah. it's dick jokes. It's fucking, it's smoking weed and stuff. So it's easy. You're watch, not, yeah. You're not, yeah. You're not getting anything new here, but the CG, like the CG of Ted is better than anything Marvel have played for the last two fucking years. <laughs> like, it's unreal. Um, but, like, the family are all great. The young kid that plays young Johnny is brilliant. Um, Scott uh, Grimes plays the, 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 the dad. He's great. The mom mm. is great. Georgia Wiggum, who was in... Um, she was a kid from the second season of Punisher. Yeah. Um, she's really good. It's, 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 just, it's just good fun. It's, mm. you know, it's crude. It's fucking... It's a cursing teddy bear. I mean, you just turn your brain off and just have a bit of fun with it. Like, you know, yeah. Boston accents, it's crass. It's, it's yeah, it's fun. I, uh, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that, that's me. That's all I've done over the past, the past while. What about yourself? Uh, well, I did get to watch um, anything this week, really. Well, apart from kind of um, skimming through bits of Alien. But um, 
what I played actually uh, inadvertently and kind of accidentally started playing Celeste again. Have, have you ever, did you ever play that? When yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, did, I didn't finish it, but yeah, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never finished it. Um, I finished about, you know, finished about 10% of games I actually play. But uh, yeah, I went back to it. Um, I was just scanning through the the um, Xbox store or Game Pass just to try and see if there's anything new out this week that maybe I could uh, have a look at. And it just popped up at the top to Celeste. I was like, oh, fucking, might, yeah. So I haven't played it since it came out, so I just, you know, the usual, I'll give it five minutes, you know, and uh, Jesus Christ, it's it just got sucked. For anyone who hasn't played it, it's like a platform puzzler where you take control of a little girl, Madeline, on her quest to squa- scale Celeste Mountain. But it's, um, I think it's eight hours to play through it completely, and I played four hours, um, just to, pretty much just about where I got last time. So I'm hoping I can actually get through it a little bit more but man that game I thought I was going to play for five minutes and it's just the amount of times you die and how much fun it is actually dying in this game yeah just comes down to that that replay value where um if you die it's just straight away it's just a half a second later you're put back there and they go right okay you missed that jump do you want to try it again do you want to try it and just some of the elation on some of the uh some of the levels where you know you're jumping, hanging onto a ledge, then jump in midair, midair dash, grab a power up for another dash, then onto it. And you complete that and you feel like you're, you're 10 feet tall, even though it's like the 154th try fucking doing it. Like it tells yeah. you your death count. But I think I've died like close to a thousand times, like 940 times or something. It's just, yeah, phenomenal. Love it. The, the, just the controls are so fluid. It's just such an easy game. And, um, yeah, the story. I wouldn't say, uh, I wouldn't say, it's, I wouldn't say it's an easy game. <laughs> it's an easy oh, no, game no, to get into. Yeah, but, an um, easy game to get into. It's it's yeah. it's pretty fucking difficult. Like, but they do have accessibility options where you can. Yeah, and I was tempted to go through a f- few of them, but it is getting more difficult now. Where it's getting to the point where, you know, if I'm trying one little level or one little section for, you know, five ten minutes, I'm not too bothered because it's. It's not like we talked about with boss battles that it's just it's one go and then thirty minutes and then you have to go again. This is it's it's kind of the risk of reward is just so fucking great. But if it does get to a point where it ramps up considerably difficult, there is like all these little sliders you can tweak. <laughs> like, okay, right. You can't die, or just like you can slow the game down. Or my personal favorite, I think that I'll be going for is you could just add another dash, so it keeps the difficulty, but it just means you have one extra little jump to get you oh, out and okay. it just, yeah, that yeah, just yeah. dips the difficulty down just enough where it's still because the whole game is about the reward of of trying these difficult maneuvers but um yeah it's it's great and it still gets me this there's one of the scenes in it where like because madeline is obviously it's this it centers around kind of mental health and her mental health and there's a bit where she's answers a ringing phone at the top of the mountain and she's chatting to her mom on it and she's uh there's a point that she realized while she's talking to her mom that she realizes she's dreaming and it's just this back and forth and it's just, yeah, just, it's really, uh, it's subtle, but it's, it's a lovely little message. And I just, I just really want to know what fucking happens at the end of it. But yeah, if anyone hasn't played it, it's on game pass. Um, and it's, yeah, it's about 15 or 20 quid if you're on any other platform. Um, highly recommend it. And I'm fingers crossed. I fucking complete it. Um, that's mainly what I played. I, for this episode i dipped into try to play some alien related games um 
tried to uh, first <laughs> on the Steam Deck. The first one uh, I got was uh, Alien 3 from like 1992 or 3 or something on the NES. I was playing it on the Steam Deck. I couldn't get the controls to be remapped properly. Um, but it's, oh, it's shocking. Like it's, it's <laughs> so bad. I lasted about maybe five minutes before I was like, this is just everything about this is horrible. It's, 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 re- it's the worst type of retro game. Um, and then I, I got, I got working for about 10 minutes. Um, I don't know if you remember the arcade game, the Konami aliens game from like 1990. Yeah. Which was, was this like, the one with the two the, the, when you had the guns. Yeah. Had the, oh, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Badass game like that. And, and the nostalgia from playing that, um, I just couldn't stop smiling and I was audibly giggling while playing it because that's that's one I think one of the first proper arcade games that I remember going into the arcade in Cork the Tudor back in the early nineties and just playing that after seeing, you know, aliens and just go, This is fucking amazing. So I got a plane and it kept crashing on the second level, which was annoying. Um but yeah, I got about fifteen minutes, fifteen, twenty minutes on that. It was brilliant. It was enough to tickle that nostalgic um, yeah, it was brilliant, but um, yeah, that's what I was. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to, didn't get to watch anything, but played a few bits and bobs. So uh, I guess we'll move on then into our main section, which is Phil gonna take us down a journey of alien thingies. <laughs> yeah, take it away, buddy. Yeah. Cheers, dude. Yeah, I, I think like I, there's so much to cover because, as you said, mm. this movie came out 45 years ago. So, mm. what you know, what it spawned afterwards is too much to cover in anything. So, yeah. I just I want to do this in a very condensed, super condensed um, mm. run through of how the how the how it all started and kind of up to where we are now. But it'll be it'll be condensed, and you know, feel free to jump in and give me your mm. opinion as we go through it. Um, so it'll kind of just be as I said, rerun through of it. Um, I think, you know, this movie for me is not just for me, but in general is considered one of the best sci-fi movies of all time. If, you know, mm. if not one of the best movies of all time, mm. you know, um, and, and what's great about this and other, like there is other sci-fis that are just as incredible that weren't out too long after it or out in the eighties, but none of them spawned what this did as like a violent you know, eighteens or R-rated kind of movie. Like, sure, Star Wars spawned a whole fucking galaxy of stuff, mm. but it was PG and it was meant for kids and adults alike. For what this has spanned, you know, from spawned from what it was, um, to have movies, games, books, comics, uh, toys, board games, a TV show coming up. You know, it's for me, it's, it's such a phenomenon that way. You know, yeah. um, like we'll obviously get into the nitty gritty of it when you do the kick us into the retro corner. Um, but just to touch on the first movie very briefly, so it was directed by uh, Ridley Scott, um, who obviously goes on to influence the canon, you know, with later movies. Um, but it actually started with a short story from uh, Dan O'Bannon and Ronald Shusset. And I think that it was actually their short story that's used for the opening part of the, the opening act, the whole opening act of the movie of how the alien gets on board the ship, you know, and stuff in the mm. first place. Um and I think what stood out, I think, compared to other aliens and monsters from the time, from the likes of, say, Star Trek, Star Wars, um, any other kind of thing, Lost in Space, 
fucking anything that was out that mm. had aliens in it was the design of the creature itself. You know, like the design of the creature and the design of the um the what you call it, the space the space jockey thing, you know, they find mm. that ship and stuff. Yeah. All of that was designed by your the Swiss uh, Swiss artist H.R. Geiger who mm. was obviously passed away. Um and this kind of it was this biomechanical thing where it's where you know bio, biology and flesh meets machine and mm. it, it's been done to death since then you know but this was the first really time you're seeing this kind of thing and it's just it was so beautiful yet absolutely haunting looking you know mm. um it's like the creature art. was so yeah. yeah and the creature was so different like he had sure it got fucking arms and legs but it's the shape of the head the fact that it had no eyes like it was just this terrifying nightmare of a being you know with no it has no sense of it doesn't have any motives other than to hunt and kill and destroy and eat and re- and to uh replicate what's the word i'm looking for procreate you know it's it's mm. it's a killing machine and it's just unstoppable it's 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 just so good and the whole effects team on this between the alien design designing the the ships the worlds the whole lot i'm pretty sure they won an oscar for it um, yeah, 1980 yeah. it was just yeah, it was just absolutely gorgeous. Um, great work they did. And because of the likes of Star Wars that was out at the time, there was a lot of money around for sci-fi movies to be made. And you can, you can see money was spent on this movie. But like, despite that, we, we didn't get a sequel for, what was it, like seven years? Before, eight years before? Yeah. Eight, 86, 86 or 87, yeah. I think, yeah. Before we got, um, before we got Aliens. Now, look, it was well worth the wait. You know, James Cameron had come off the back of uh, Terminator when he went to start working on this. So we, you know, we knew we were going to get something cool and it's, it was ended up being a completely different type of movie. It was, it was more like for me, I think it's more like a war movie. Really. It's a platoon mm. of Marines going in on a rescue mission. Um, again, another incredible movie, but I love that they use that core, still the core thing of the alien and mm this evil corporation, you know, the Whalen yutani thing, which is kind of seen throughout the movies yeah. that this evil corporation, what they see from this killing machine is what can we do with it? What can we make out of yeah. it? How can we turn it to our benefit? Like, mm. um, it's a very believable you, sequel. You know what I mean? Yes. Even though they're yes, completely yes, different yeah. genres and comp- or completely different tones and types of movie, but it's straight away. You just got that. It, they totally exist in the same world, which is, is fantastic. Like, yeah, that's that's a, that's such a good point. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of movies will come out, they'll try to do the first one, but more, you know, or the first yeah. one, but let's make it let's make it even bigger. We've got more money but to change it. Let's make it even bigger yeah. and change it completely. Like, did but this they changed it, but kept that core feeling of it. Mm. Bringing back Sigourney Weaver, of course, um, it was just fantastic. Do you remember watching these, watching those two, the first two as as a kid? Yeah, well, I actually I saw Aliens first. Which is oh okay, fucking, uh, pretty wild, and I think back to it because that was the one I was like, "Holy shit, this fucking this is the movie balls to the wall action madness!" Like, because I think I'd just seen Terminator, um, yeah, and then Aliens was first, so it was kind of subverted in that way. Where when I when I went back to see you know the the first movie, um. It was just a shift in tone, even just to start, you know, we're, we'll get into it later with the the change in kind of pace and the slow nature of it and, and how it takes its time and where you don't really see the alien. It's very uh, melodic almost in its its kind of slow reveals compared to the uh, 
the absolutely blistering fucking action, as you say, and it's a good point you said actually that it's more a war movie than an action movie because it's that these Marines just do or die, got to go in and you know survive it at all costs. But yeah, yeah, watching the other way around was, um, I'm kind of glad. I, th- I don't know when I saw the like I didn't see the first one right after Aliens, but maybe it's a few years later when I saw that, and I was a little bit older, maybe about eleven or twelve when I saw that. And it makes sense that I was uh, I was a bit older to take it in because I think if I had seen it straight away after seeing Aliens, you know, if I was what was it, eight, seven or eight, I would have been like, "Fuck's sake, this slow fucking movie. Where's the fucking guns?" Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, where, uh, but yeah, do you remember? Did you see the? the where did you see the? First I saw one? I, I saw them in order, but I saw them far too young. I mean, obviously, I mean, the the first one came out before I was born, um, yeah. so. Well, I think it came out the year you were born, so it's not. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But no, I was. I know I was definitely far too young when I saw them. Like I know, I'm pretty sure I mm. saw them in my um, in my cousin Damo's house, who was a big fan of those movies. And mm. um, as am I. If you look over my shoulder, you can see the Nostromo. Look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the but I remember watching. I think in his house the first time I saw it, and I was fucking terrified. Was like, this is mm. awesome. Um, and yeah, I've just been a massive fan for so long. Um. I think like the first, I think that the, what caused of the first two, when, when the, by the time the alien three was coming out then in the nineties, like I, although I was still very young, I, I was already a fan. And mm. at that age, even then I was expecting, Oh my God, a third movie. This is going to be absolutely incredible. Mm. But like talk about a movie with so many problems. I mean, it, it's famous yeah. for the amount of problems that it had. Like, I think at one point they were shooting without a script there was something like five different scripts that they went through. You know, so yeah. much studio involvement. Cluster um, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, David talk Fincher about, told like, them to go fuck themselves. Oh, like, eventually. He was, yeah. yeah. Well, he was done dirty. He, still he was done dirty. Like, like, hmm. No, he was done imagine, dirty because... Imagine the, the movie he wanted to people, make. Yeah. Mm. But that's who people blame. You know, if the, if mm. the movie's done shit, people look to the director straight away. And he was just completely done dirty by the studio, you know, mm and the media in general because this was his first proper fe- like feature length film mm. wasn't it and he was coming off um, commercials um and he was like the next big thing the thing he's things he was doing with night commercials commercials in general uh like as an emerging director he was like have you seen this fucking guy and then yeah. you're like oh my god and i'd seen some of his commercials and he's probably my favorite director anyway but when reading an empire magazine you know just like holy shit he's gonna do a a fucking alien movie he's doing the next alien movie and then like you'd never really hear you you wouldn't like you wouldn't hear any of this kind of rumors and behind the scenes stuff at all and um, because obviously no social media or anything and uh, so there was nothing reported about it was just he's doing the movie trailer came out trailer looked fucking cool and then the movie comes out and you watch it and it's like what what i still i still loved it when it came out but diminishing returns every time i watch it it gets worse and mm. worse and worse but i loved it just because it was it was going back into that world again. And, you know, you know, when you lie to yourself and you kind of say, oh, it's kind of cool what they did. You know, they, they, oh, they killed these guys and, you know, they, you know, shaved her head. And now it's just her. And, and you, you just lie to yourself that this is cool. that They're just going in a brave new direction when in retrospectively you're looking back on how the fuck, did, who, who greenlit that script and just take everything yeah. that's good about aliens and fucking wipe it out. I, I still think the story and some of the things they do in alien three, are really good with the prison and some of the characters and 
some of the moments are brilliant and aliens oh, climbing on the walls and yeah. stuff are amazing. But well, that well, that, but, that was cool about the yeah. alien was that they they kind of changed it. Like I said, the whole idea of for people who haven't watched, I'm sure most of you have, but is that this creature ingests, you know, or sorry, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Impregnates. Oh. Yeah, it gets impregnated. What's it called when it's when it's uh, whatever it's growing anyway inside the the, the, the mm. human host? Um, gestates. Sorry, gestates yeah. and explodes. But what it causes its DNA mixes with whatever host it is. It, if it's a human, it comes out and it's got fucking stand up on fucking two legs, two arms. Yeah. Whereas in this one, depending on what which cut you see, it comes out of like I think either a cow or a dog. A dog. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, come. Um and. But because of that, it's mostly running around on on all fours the whole time, like it's thing, and that, that's. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so it's it's it was a cool little thing. But there is some good stuff. It's a good cast, but mm-hmm. um, for the most part, not a good movie. It's not but, what people wanted. Yeah. No, but what I did, and what I would recommend this if you're on Audible, is they have it's a very short version, but they have an Alien Three, like an alternative Alien Three uh, audio drama. Oh well. And and in it. Hicks and Bishop both survive, and um, oh, slick. That's yeah, M- Michael Bean and Lance Henriksen both reprise their roles. They're voicing the characters, um, so it's it's pretty cool if you just that's want to cool. you want to just listen to that and pretend Alien Three never came out. <laughs> um, so just I'll move quickly to the next the, that the next ones aren't too great, but we'll fly through them. Mm. Um, so despite the third one not doing well um, in the states, it actually did okay worldwide. So it ended up getting funding for a fourth movie. Um, and I kind of wish that Sigourney Weaver didn't agree to it because she wasn't even agreeing to the third one until they offered mm. her a good whack of cash. I don't know why after turning down the third one, eventually doing it and it not being very good, when the offer came in for a fourth one, you know, with this with the ridiculous story that they have, why she went ahead with it. Like it's mm. it's not a good movie that they've gone for gritty and it just kind of looks dirty instead. Yeah. Um, it's enough to, uh, like they must have driven a, a dump truck of money up for a or something to get her to do yeah, it and yeah. there's some there's some good cast in it i mean obviously she's in it um you know i love brad duriff i love fucking uh ron perlman you know these mm. are good actors and it, it's, it's great to see them in it even though they do start a lot of shit it's it's great to see them in it with Owen Ryder. but the storyline is terrible and that fucking alien the half human <laughs> half alien thing oh, that like is that. is Oh, it's That's gross. Every time, if I was eating, choices, yeah. yeah, if I was eating, every time I'd watch, are you watching that? It's fucking horrible. At one stage, it comes up to sniff, and you see its little fucking weird nose thing wobbling <laughs> and stuff. It's like, what the fuck? Like, it's just, yeah, it's it's a it's a bad bad movie. Um, if you're gonna watch any of these movies, just fucking skip that one. So <laughs> we didn't actually get an, an actual. There's there's no actual sequel after this that's a mm. pure alien movie because the next one we got was like um was in 2004 so that there'd already been this crossover in the comics um mm. i think it's in in black horse comics between yeah. alien and predator um there's actually there's a crossover yeah. in predator 2 actually do you know predator 2 when danny glover's the alien the thing is there yeah and you can see aliens in the back yeah um actually do you know what they're called the predator no they're they're, like, they're called yaucha yaucha <laughs> yeah, Ucha. That's, That's what called. Yeah. yeah. How do you say um, that in Predator speak? <laughs> I don't know. Some fucking oh, yeah. clicky weird ass fucking thing. God, man. We should do a Predator episode. Predator is so oh, fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, so, yeah. So, in 2004, anyway, they released a movie, Alien versus versus Predator. And mm. I think straight off the bat, and I'm going to be 
this is like if if you put verses in the title of your movie, I know there's a ninety percent chance this is going to be a shit movie. Like, there's no <laughs> movies that have verses in the name that it turn out to be good movies. You know what I mean? Like, they're all they're like fucking Super Gator versus Croco Monster or fucking fights, these uh, things and things. Yeah, yeah, you know, Bat- Batman versus Superman. Um, mm. You know, just <laughs> any of these fucking things have verses in them. Most of them they end up being shit. He's already off to a bad start. Um, yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it was Paul W. S. Anderson who did it as well. Mm. It was PG um, as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Lance Henriksen's in this one, mm. um, but he plays Wayland. You know, he plays the, yeah. the the guy who obviously started the company, Wayland Utani. Terrible movie. I've probably seen it. I'd say a dozen times though, because. <laughs> <laughs> of course fucking, you have alien, of course it's aliens fighting predators like as shit yeah. as it is it's aliens fighting predators i mean i'm gonna watch it like um yeah i remember when the see, review remember the reviews came out for that and it's like two stars or one and a half stars and just you know you're kind of going yeah but i kind of have to see it and i'm gonna spend yeah. 15 quid to go to a cinema to watch this absolute trash because you fucking have to yeah of course yeah. it's aliens fighting predators um <laughs> but then the se- then the sequel to that came out a few years later probably the quickest turnaround of um, mm. sequels in this because it was only three years and even me who loves this shit shitty movies i only watched that one twice twice yeah. um i think michelle from 24 was the main actress yeah, in it yeah. Rachel ellsworth mm. um just a forgettable movie it had the pred alien basically oh, an just... alien that bursts out of a predator stomach and becomes a mixture just... of predator and alien yeah driving mad (laughs) yeah absolute trash um so then we had to wait until 2012 before we got and then next thing it's ridley scott Mm. is back in the saddle for his movie which is a prequel and i am in the minority here because i fucking love this movie i love it i know people don't like it and look i think maybe i like it as much as i do because i don't really think of it as an alien movie there's mm. a fuck all really to do with that in it. Like, sure, Wayland's in it, but that's a, there's not that's really a good anything to represent it. If you, you know take I mean? out the last fucking two minutes of the last shot, you know, when somebody from yeah. the studio obviously said, we need to stick an alien, to stick an alien in the last fucking scene. If you take that out, maybe yeah, take, it gets take another that, star take that out or something. And, yeah. and, and, and all the nonsense about fucking how mankind started. Like, a lot of it is wank, but... Mm. <laughs> It's just, it's so gorgeous looking. Like, it's beautiful looking. Immaculate, like, the, yeah, yeah. You know, and, the, like, the score is outstanding. Mm. And the fucking, the cast is outrageous. Like, it's fucking Idris Elba, Charlize Theron, Guy Pearce, um, Sean Harris, Numi Rapaz, um, Fassbender, that guy mm. who looks like Tom Hardy, um, <laughs> Benedict Wong. Not Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah it's Logan yeah. Marshall something or other. Um, like, the cast is fucking fantastic. It's just... Mm. I love that movie, but again, it's probably because I take it out of that zone. There's so um, many, there's so many moments in that movie that are fucking brilliant. You know, when the landing on the planet, as you said, the visuals and the score and the like epic nature of it, and some of the some of the dialogue, some of the scenes. Michael Fassman, you can watch him all day long. He's fucking brilliant. Yeah, he's but terrifying. then it's it's yeah, it's just kind of like ah, fuck off, Ridley. You're losing the run of yourself. Well, did, how how much do you think he gets input? into these because I mean he's not writing all of the stuff for these like how much of mm. his input is that whole he, he's responsible for stuff? for people's movies and TV shows not going ahead you know what I mean he's, yeah he's yeah. got a lot of clout with this franchise and rightly so it must be written in somewhere that he has 
power of fucking some kind of like, some kind I, of special I, yeah, power. Anyway, I, I, yeah. I, I don't like the direction he took. I think for me, less is more. I, I don't mm. need to know mass, a massive amount of origins around this. Give me origins mm. of a different species of some kind, but I don't really need to know. I need this see kind of too stuff. much of the aliens yeah. in some of the later movies, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So in yeah, yeah. that whole thing about uh, the less is more is a perfect example of why, like in the first movie when you see that space jockey and stuff that it's just we get to it later where it's just it's just there and you're just going what the fuck is that yeah and that's it it's just referenced and for fucking 30 years people wondering like what the fuck was that yeah yeah exactly you don't need to know man um so the sequel we got then was alien covenant so again mm. another visually striking again it was i loved annie mcbride in the serious role thought he was great and it's probably the best he's, thing he's in the movie. really good like yeah. um the homoerotic stuff with, with fassbender and his you know the, the other guy, thing yeah. like him and, and the other another fassbender like it's it's creepy <laughs> the the scenes with him are creepy but it's so well done like it's mm. out of all those movies that have two people playing the one character mm. this was amazing like, when That's they're doing the, playing the flute yeah. thing it's yeah, you, yeah, you know yeah. that so well done um, mm. Fastbender is terrifying in both of these movies. He's just so um, good. Like, he's just so good. Yeah. So that that that's that's kind of the last Alien movie that we've got. Um, that we had that's been released anyway. Like we never got the Blomkamp one that was promised that we mm. mentioned in our um our our Gran Turismo episode. We I never love got to see that now. Yeah, I would like to see that too. I think, I think even Ridley um, Scott shot that down. I think because it, yeah, and, and, and Sigourney Weaver anyway. was on board. Mm. Sigourney Weaver was on board as well. For she for, said it was one of the best things thing, she'd like, written, or one of the best um, things she'd read regarding her character. In, anyway, in, in the yeah, universe, yeah. yeah. So damn is, shame. I think at, mm. at one point, I think even James Cameron was going to pick up um, mm. what Blomkamp had written and stuff to continue it. Now that would be but, fucking. We'll probably never see that movie, um, mm. but. We are getting this year uh, Fede Alvarez's Alien Romulus. So I like his movie. I'm not sure if you've watched his movies. He did an e- his own version of Evil Dead um, no, and a movie called Don't Breathe. So, And I no. love both of them. I thought they were great. Mm. I love his style. Um, so I'm hopeful for that. Like it's set in between the, it's set in between the first and second movies. Mm. Um, so cautiously optimistic. And then... There's also a TV show on the way from Noah Hawley, who did Fargo and Legion. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, the future future could be bright for aliens. They need I mean, to these write guys the ship, both you know? have, yeah. Yeah, mm. these guys both have good. If they don't, they'll just have Ridley Scott to fuck off. You know, if he doesn't have any <laughs> control over what they put into it, um, then hopefully it could be decent. But I, I'm pretty sure I read that Ridley Scott's happy with what Fede Alvarez has put out. And I'm not sure if that's worrying or, mm. or not. But, um, yeah. So look, I, I've already I've launched for the movies. What I'll do is I'll just go through the other media um, mm. that it's kind of come out in, and then we'll pass over then to you for the retro corner. So Deadly. I've already covered what we said about comics, mm. but apart from the books, there's also a ton of books. So it, the, there's a bunch of novels, obviously, that are not canon, but then there's mm. a bunch that actually are canonical, um, canon, canonical um, novels too. So there's novelizations of the movies themselves, and then there's a bunch of, I think maybe three, three, three books that are actually canon as well. Um, yeah. I highly recommend one of them, which is called God, called Sea of Sorrows, or River of Pain. It's one of them, and it's mm. set just before. It's in the lead up to Aliens, so oh, it's what cool. happens to all the colonists. You know, all the colonists they get there, and the colonists yeah. obviously are all, you know, gone or dead or 
you know, mm. being used to birth more aliens. It's all how that happens to them. Um, yeah. And 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 Anna, actually, if you listen to the audio drama, Anna Friel uh, does a really good job in that. I have read all of the canonical levels, all of the non-canonical really? levels. I've gone through them all. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. Um, absolutely, I can't get it. I love this whole thing. I've read the. Mm. I've even read a couple of the. I've even read a trilogy of Alien versus Predator books. Um, <laughs> oh, fucking hell, man! Yeah, that's yeah, impressive. Love it. Yeah. Are they good? Um, or are they? Yeah, like the the the, yeah. the 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 canon ones are really really good. Um, mm. A little bit too convenient because in one of them, they actually it's canon. They actually have like Ripley is is in one of them, despite the fact okay, that yeah, and it's yeah. and it's 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 after the first one, but before the second mm. one. So you're like, okay, isn't yeah. she supposed to be asleep? So they explain yeah. how she managed. It's for a long time. It, it, yeah, it was a bit. They didn't really need to do it, but the book itself is actually decent. Um, mm. But then, okay, so just milk for the games. You've already mentioned some of them. I, I think that there was an Alien Three. I know you mentioned on the NES. I'm pretty sure there was one in the Mega Drive, an Alien mm. Three, like a run and gun style. Oh wow! Well, Alien okay. Three that was actually pretty decent, as far mm. as I can remember, like a Contra style deal, you know. Oh, um, cool. Which I'm pretty sure. Look it up anyway. I'm pretty sure there was mm. one. I think that, I remember. Right, but that like, might be the one I was looking for. <laughs> I think that, that yeah. from far as I remember, that was the only one I remember from that age of being good because mm. all the ones from the 80s that were on the Atari, the Commodore, in the arcade, all shit. Like I've mm. touched on a few of them over the years and stuff, but mm. pretty much most of them from the 80s, 90s, and even 2000s were all shit. Like, so I'm just going to mm. skip through them, maybe play, yeah. first of all, the Alien 3 uh, run and gun, or the one that you mentioned, as I would kill to have that arcade machine set up in the gaff because oh, I had two stop. pulse rifles. Yeah. You know, you and your mate had a pulse rifle each. Fucking amazing. And just fucking shooting aliens coming towards the screen. It was so much fun. Mm. Um, but yeah, so look, we'll skip ahead straight into it because when we get into the, um, when we got after, when we get into the mid 2000s, we started hearing about new games coming out and we have the Xbox 360 at that point which was yeah. so powerful compared to other consoles that had been out in the past. I was like, yes, we're going to see some fucking cool shit now on these. Mm. And the first one was Alien versus Predator, and it turned out to be absolute garbage. Um, <laughs> and then the next one ended up being fucking Colonial Marines, That's which was played. unplayable. Oh, it's just, it's yeah, just unplayable. Yeah. Absolutely terrible. And just games looking forward to going, this is going to be amazing. Absolutely shite. Um, and so I think for me, the, the best game and if we had to pick one from out of all these games and the decades of games is Alien Isolation. Mm. We touched on it in the horror episode. Yeah. It's an incredible game. When it got, when it got announced, I was, I got, and the review, and I was obviously excited, but then we got the review from IGN and it was like, whatever. It was a six point something. I think yeah, six, six yeah. point two or 5.7 or something. I, yeah. yeah. Really low. Like. Absolutely. Yeah. I was so unhappy. I, was, I cannot mm. believe this. I've waited so long. Luckily, I didn't listen. I said, fucking, I got to play it anyway. I'm glad that IGN person must have been just having a shit. Ryan week. McCaffrey. Yeah. He since yeah. came back and kind of went, yeah, I think I, I think I messed that up because a lot of people think that like read reviews like that singly or singularly just look at that and go, Oh, 5.7 must be shit. I can't fucking play it where yeah, know, he held his hand up it and was... went, ah, shit, you know, he's probably responsible for, a lot of people not playing it back when it came out. <laughs> yeah, which is a bit shit. Like, you know, for yeah. the publisher. That, we're 10, 10 years on, and that game still stands up. It still looks fantastic. Mm. Plays fantastic. The first like 27 minutes. Dread, easy sim, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, I won't go into it because it we've covered it in the previous episode. Mm. But anyway, that's the best Alien game. And then so far in the 2020s, we've had, um, we've only got two games. So we've got Fireteam mm. Elite and Dark Descent. Uh, I haven't played Dark Descent, which is like a strategy style thing. 
um, fire team. Fire team elite was a lot of fun, man, wasn't it? It mm. was just that it kept fucking crashing. Like me and you played that co-op, oh, and it was like waves of fucking, fucking aliens, and we're sh- shouting at you other down the headset like, "Yeah, fucking you cover over the side, you go on the side." There's a was, big guy. There's a like, big guy. It, fucking run. Yeah, it's repetitive. It's waves of enemies. It's mm. repetitive as fuck, but. It's it's the sound effects of your pulse rifle. It's the screams mm. of the aliens. Sound design is brilliant, and it's replayable. Sound like, because we, because like, yeah, yeah, because it would crash a few times. You know, when you get to like some of the levels, you know, what you'd be playing for like twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, and get to the last section, and it would just crash and throw you out, and and or you'd still be playing, and I'd be like fucking stuck in a wall, or it crashes, and then you have to load the thing up again, and it's it's not kind of checkpointed, so you just you're going in to go, all oh, right, we'll just do the level again, and we did a few of those levels numerous times and it's you're just hoping for it not to crash again but doing it again and again and again and again was still fucking super crack like it was just it was fucking brilliant a lot of fun um, but it it, the problem is that it had so many patches like so many patches Mm. and yet it was still broken and we were playing it like we played it a good bit after it came out and and then we tried to play it again yeah yeah played it on two consoles and (laughs) and they both crashed and like so sorry but that you need you need to service your game better than that yeah um but look, that is the super, super condensed version of the, the Xenomorphs and their, you know, effect and on what its effect on our culture and how and the games that we play, the movies and fucking comics mm. and TV shows, everything and how big it's gotten. I didn't want to spend too long about it because I think we'd end up um, crossing over a little bit, you know, yeah. with the with the retro corner. Ah, that's just but, um, Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I am delighted that we got to have that conversation about the mm. aliens. Um, so I'm really excited now. To, to hand over to you to, to take us through the, the retro corner. Happy days, yeah. That was a great section, Phil, man. Happy days. We could easily go through uh, your section and do that for fucking three or four hours. It's uh, yeah. well done, though. But yeah, for the retro corner, um, because, yeah, it was a quiet week and we were looking at, you know, anniversaries for movies and, and there's a lot of stuff actually coming up. Um because 1999 happens to be, what, 25 years. So a lot of fucking good movies coming up, but we look further back. And Phil mentioned that Alien is 45-year anniversary this year. So, I mean, where do, where do you fucking start with this movie? I mean, already you were touching on it, that uh, like it's, it's a movie where it's probably one of the reasons we do podcasts like this, because it's one of those movies that so etched in our mind and etched in culture, geek culture, sci-fi culture, horror culture um and generally one of the best movies probably ever created it's in my top fucking ten anyway big time but um i think this movie like it was released as you were saying in 1979 a great year um written by dan o'bannon and i didn't actually know that about the uh short story that was that was pretty cool what you were saying but um when i was looking into it the uh the original title for this movie was star beast which is just yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I actually just on it's on so that. Good. If you, I think um last no last exit to nowhere. Oh I yeah, think they have a I think they have a t shirt no. of a of Star Beast, you know, with the alien stuff on it. Like if you're yes, um, yeah, because that was that was actually I think that was the name of the short story that yeah. it was called. Star, that was yeah. a, oh, fucking deadly. That's like uh, that just showed or shows where kind of um, sci fi horror genre was at the time where like that's the kind of title of movies they were kind of churning out at the time but i think it was a movie that uh, it's not just great sci-fi horror but i think it changed um sci-fi horror genre but it elevated the whole sci-fi genre 
itself to new heights. You know, Star Wars, as you were saying, had already kind of showcased how sci-fi action and adventure movies could be, you know, high quality with the right people both in front of them behind the camera. But Alien is another beast entirely, um, pun intended, pun intended. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, like uh, I was reading that like like Dan O'Bannon, when he when they were looking for directors to make the movie, the first one or two directors were treating it in that same vein as sci-fi B-movie schlock. Um, and O'Bannon really just thought that this there's something more to this. Like we can we can make something pretty fucking decent. Like he was really, uh, he loved like he obviously loved his own work, but he thought the script was really strong. So Ridley Scott was like Fincher, was a an emerging director coming from commercials and lauded by lots of his peers at the time. And I think he had just won an award for the Duelists in Cannes or something like that. So O'Bannon and Co decided, you know, let's get in touch with him because I think he could. Uh, give the script the um the respect i think that it, des- it deserves that he thought it deserved and not not be another sci-fi b movie so ridley scott then jumped on board and straight away ridley scott is really big into storyboarding stuff himself and he he created detailed storyboards on the nostromo ship and like the design the spacesuits and interiors with the help of hr geiger and 20th century fox were so enamored with this when they saw the storyboards that they doubled the budget from like just over 5 million to like estimated 11 million, which is, that's unprecedented, you know, 20th century Fox fair play to you. But um, we'll go through the basic, kind of the basic plot. We can go scene by scene um, as well. But the basic setup for the movie is the crew of the Nostromo are, they're awakened from cryo sleep to investigate a distress um, beacon from a nearby planet or ship on a nearby planet. The now infamous infamous um, LV426, and unwittingly bring an alien creature onto the ship who begins to hunt them down. Now, can you imagine how many times you've heard that premise? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, but it's... but it's 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 how the alien gets on board. This isn't an alien who you know sneaks on board, finds yeah, its yeah, way yeah. on board, and you have to take it down. The, the whole design of this creature, like it was ingenious. Like, how do we get it in mm. there? Okay somehow it gets it impregnates and so yeah you go to the ship to investigate and like you said this space jockey thing they find and obviously this thing comes out of an egg and and you know infects one of the, the, the thing like but yeah 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 it's how they how they went on from there that's how it gets onto the ship you know so yeah the premise is simple and had been done before this it's a crew against some sort of malev you know malevolent or or dangerous being whatever way the movie happens to be in this one it's yeah. a, a you know ravenous fucking destructive creature but it was how they went about getting it on the ship. And that, as you mentioned, when you were talking about the space jockey ship, like that, that whole scene, it was great because we didn't know what it was. People, some people thought that was a cannon that he's sitting in. Is that a huge gun yeah. that he's sitting in or what is it? You know, and, and that was the whole thing. What it look is as, that thing? Like, yeah. Yeah. And they made it, they made it look even bigger because when they did that scene of them in the spacesuits inside that the, the mm. pulled away shot, that's um, children of some of the cast. I read those mm. suits to make them look like they're to make it sell the scale of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, which, yeah, like that. I think that for me, that that how they get the alien on board. I I love that. I'm not sure about you, but that's that's. It was just oh, it's, it's so it's terrifying of, and. Yeah, it's one of just numerous. Like the script of this movie is 
is phenomenal. It really, really is in, in so many different ways. I mean, like even just, it's just, and I was saying earlier about me seeing this after Aliens, it was just a little older and I could, I think I could appreciate the, uh, because I'd seen the frenetic madness of Cameron's version of this, still as, as gorgeous a, as anything else, but this with its kind of slow, it's very slow opening and it's just like the film takes its time, you know, like even just yeah. the, way, the way it opens and that beautiful panning shot across space, across the planet and the title slowly, beautiful way as the titles come in you straight away. I would have loved to see it in the cinema. Love. And just to, yeah. to kind of go, what the fuck is this? You know, you think alien movie, you know, it's another B movie. And then within, you know, five minutes, you know, you're, you're, you're in for something different too. And like the way it takes its time opening and then it reveals the Nostromo and it's just slow shots going through the ship, just showing the, uh, the details of the ship with Jerry Goldsmith's incredible score accompanying us. And it's basically from the start of the movie, it's, I think it's about five minutes until the crew actually just wake up from cryosleep. It's just five minutes of just setting, setting the scene, setting the ship. And when the crew wake up, I think that's one of the best things about this script is like, you, you don't know like when the crew wake up and you're introduced to them and you have, you know, you're uh, the captain, Captain Dallas and you have the Parker and Brett or like grease monkey kind of mechanic guys you've got ash the science officer lambert the pilot and of course ripley and there's only it's a cast of eight people in this movie which is brilliant but when they wake up um and you just see their banter and how they're acting on the ship it's just completely believable that they are a working crew and it's yeah. like, like you see this as well with james cameron james cameron's abyss and aliens that similarly do this kind of thing where it's just such a believable bunch of people where they just it just makes perfect sense that they're doing what they're doing but the way the script the script doesn't follow the the kind of normal act one structure setting up a story arc and your protagonist protagonist and all that it just starts and you're introduced to the crew so you, you don't really know who's a, who the protagonist is you don't know who am i going to be following who's like straight away you're just going they're all pretty much expendable because it's it's not until about an, when Ripley takes kind of center stage maybe about an hour into the movie it's until that moment you realize ah we're with here we're like we're with her and we're gonna follow her but before that it's just uh they just work seamlessly together and I just love the ensemble um it's just phenomenal I think that's that's so difficult to do and it's also very brave and again shows the confidence of the people behind this where yeah. um yeah just I just I just, I just love that. I love how slow and methodical all those sections are. But then we, uh, when the, the crew land on the planet and yeah, when they discover like some of this cinematography and the, the merging of like matte paintings and miniatures and the incredible fucking set design, like the, um, I think Rid Ridley Scott was fighting for that shot of the space jockey, that set, because People just couldn't justify it. They're just like, this is, it's just in this shot. Like there's not, we don't come back here for a fight scene or anything like that. It's just, they're just building this model um, for that scene. And uh, yeah, it's just the, the cinematography in this is fantastic. The score is fantastic. You're just, it's that slow pace. Um, and I think 
like the crew, as you were saying, the crew commenting as a, as the viewer when you're you when they're inspecting that space jockey thing, you can see it's almost like, is there something on his face? What is that? Something burst out of a chest, and they're just, you know, commenting that uh that uh, the, this decaying humanoid is seemingly growing out of the chair, and all these discoveries are fucking wild, you know. Um, and I just, as we touched on, I just wish that hadn't been explored in later movies. It's just uh. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I would have rather that was left up to like as you said. But I, I loved it like you that opening, the opening part right up until he gets affected and they go back to the ship. Because once they're back on the ship, there's not really a lot too many tricks and stuff that need to be used because they're you're acting on sets. Hmm. Whereas that whole opening part of the shots, the exterior of the ship, they're using every trick available at the time hmm. to make that look incredible. You look back on some of that now and it still looks phenomenal. You know, forty five years later. Like everything apart from say there is those lights that are hanging up near the Nostromo when it's landing and they just look Yeah. They, they look like they're probably now even got oh, I shouldn't have put those on. But like a, <laughs> but like you're looking at yeah, so yeah. much of this stuff and it's it's they're using every little trick between mixing, as you said, the map paintings and stuff, using the child actors. Everything is just done mm. so cleverly to get make it as believable as possible. And you can see that's where like so much of the money went. Um and the thing is that you go from this alien super alien space thing that you're out of but once they get he gets infected you find those eggs and again mm. it's so cool that layer of mist that's over the egg and it oh, yeah. comes out and jumps on his face and stuff terrifying after that back in the ship the whole rest of the movie is claustrophobia you know with, with oh. this creature on board you know it's tension for the roof at the start mm. it's a lot of figuring out what are they going to find out there? Is it going? Mm. Is we know the movie's called Alien? Is this going to be some giant monster thing? What is it that they're going to find? For it to get back to the ship after he gets infected, and it just becomes this: we're trapped in here with this thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh my um, god, yeah. yeah. But like that's like when when the alien, you know, attacks him, and yeah, we're introduced at a face hugger, and apparently the the face hugger was supposed to be green. Which is, it's not one of these wild things where, like, is it, um, I think the art design and, and um, Ridley, um, I think they saw the face hugger and Dan O'Banner was on set as well. And they saw the face hugger before it was painted. And it was just in that tan kind of just mold yeah. color. I just went, hold on a second. That looks, let's stick with that. You just go, it's these little moments. Everything comes together in this movie. So fucking great. But yeah, when, when they get back on the ship and it's just, you first like you first see that that tension with Ash and Ripley, and you can tell straight away that like like Scorny Weaver delivers fucking incredible performance here, but it's so understated all the way through the movie until she starts to take go to or starts to take charge a little bit. But she's um like in one movie she became probably one of the most celebrated characters, and and she's always listed as like oh one of the best female action stars and it's it's not just just one of the best action stars or action characters yeah. end of you know what i mean she's just fucking fantastic but her back and forth with ash when when uh, obviously you find out later on but when she's just she's so believable because she's following protocol to the letter in every scene all the time she's just like staying clearly what they should fucking do and if you listen to me <laughs> none of this shit's gonna fucking happen um, and that just makes perfect sense that it's so believable later on that she would be able to survive this because she's just, she can make the right decision or she thinks, she can think clearly in a fucking jam, you know, and 
and her interplay with kind of uh with Ian Holm is is brilliant like he's so understated as well and so yeah. menacing on like the second remember watching the second time back where you can see when you look into his performance a bit more you can see where he's kind of watching and like scanning people in scenes where before it just looked like he was just not yeah really... actually did, did you see this is just an aside right but there's one spot where he's i think it's when he's gonna let them in she's saying no quarantine yeah. you're not allowed back on the ship he's got something on his face and he's gonna let them in and while he's waiting to do it he starts jogging on the spot right mm. and so of course people were like well why would he be doing that he's a robot no one can see him why was he doing that and and so when they made Alien Isolation, they yeah. had some of the androids do it, run on this, do that same thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just come up with some backstory about how they do it to, I don't know, keep the innards moving or something. But they kept, they used it again in the game That's just to kind of, class. just to tie it in with that to say, well, look, here you go. It's, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's, a real, it's a real thing, we swear. Um, <laughs> anyway, just, just an aside on it. That's fucking class. But yeah, um, then obviously, you know, we have... Uh, if, when we're introduced up close and personal to the face hugger and and them trying to remove it and then you get introduced to the, to the acidic blood and apparently that was another thing that they were like O'Bannon was trying to figure out he came to like a bit of writer's block is like why wouldn't people just unload on this alien when they saw it and just blow the fucking shit out of it couldn't figure it out I think um, I don't know who it was but someone on his team just mentioned one of his acid blood and Maybe they can't because it'll just go through the hole and all that. And it's just like, oh, okay, that's fucking, this just adds another layer of what the fuck would you do? Like, that's, that plays, I think, a lot through this movie where you're in these scenarios and just like, what would you do? You know, the terror yeah. on these people's faces, you know, just like, uh, can't go anywhere. You as you were saying, it's so... yeah, you try... yeah, you try to pull it off and the thing gets tighter around his throat, so it's yeah. going to kill him. You try to cut it off and acid comes out and starts bleeding through the hole. Yeah, it's so just like, fucking genius. What, like the hell must be the the helplessness of them. Mm. But they're like, we we have all this technology. We can't help our friend who's sitting there with yeah. this fucking alien stuck to his mush. Like, <laughs> um, so but so yeah. cool. But yeah, obviously, then Facehugger just decides to go. Hey, actually, I've I've done my job. See you later, and fucks off and dies, and everything's back to normal and happy fucking days. All is grand, yeah. And obviously not. We come to the infamous uh, dinner sequence. And actually, John, before that. But before uh, before that dinner sequence, this dinner sequence is the second one of a couple of parts in it where the actors aren't told, you know, oh yeah, 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 what's happening, how to react. Like the, it's Victoria Cartwright, isn't that Lambert? Yeah, mm. yeah. She and in, in, I'm not sure if it's the extended version. She comes up and fucking slaps Sigourney Weaver across the oh, face. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sigourney Weaver wasn't expecting it. Like it wasn't director a yeah. thing. Like yeah, and it's just and there's like that and there's one in the scene you're about to describe the same thing. Mm. They weren't told exactly what was going to happen or how yeah, the blood or I what think it was going to be. Yeah, there's an urban myth where people are saying it, it was shot in one take and they were never told that there's a chest buster going to come out of his fucking chest. And it's like, well, obviously, I don't know if that's rigged in and stuff. Was, like, no, that's, uh, that's, yeah, I think it was the, more like they weren't expecting them they to weren't get sprayed. They weren't told how much blood. Yeah. But yeah, apparently yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. it was, uh, there's rumors it was like real guts and, you know, the smell was horrendous once it exploded and stuff. And you can see those few frames, their reaction when the blood splatters through their face. It's just, yeah, it's, it's pretty fucking horrific. But watching that back in the day, like, fuck me sideways. It was, it was on a par with kind of like some Freddy Krueger kind of kills, you know, when you're just terrified going to sleep at night because of the way something can fucking violently, um, 
just the thought of it back then. It was just like, oh, that's what he was doing. He's fucking impregnating this fucking alien in the dude. It's just like, oh, man. I would love to have seen that in the cinema. Just to see it the third or fourth time and just like take a peek around behind you and to see yeah, everyone. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that was a. Uh, do you remember seeing that scene for the first time or? Yeah, yeah. It fucking scared the shit out of me. Like, you know, just looking like, what, what the fuck is wrong with him? Because he plays it so well. Like, they're all sitting around having their meal, obviously. And then, you know, they're all laughing and joking and that and they're about to go back into mm. their cryo beds. And then John Hurd just starts feeling sick. He starts going, so <laughs> coughing yeah. and feeling. And then, but then it just starts getting more and more. He gets more and more increasingly animated. And they, first of mm. all, like, hey, food's not that bad. What's going on? And then <laughs> they all start to panic. Like, oh, Jesus, what's going wrong with him? But his trashing around on the table, man, that's so that scared the great. shit out of me. It's like, mm. fucking hell, what's wrong with him? What the fuck is going on? You know, and at this point, we still don't know mm. that he's been impregnated. We know this thing was on his face. Now, okay, it might make it might make sense now to go, of course, that's what he was doing. Mm. But nothing, this hadn't been done before. You know, so yeah. first time anybody's watching this movie, they know this thing was on his face. but They don't know. Is he going to turn into an alien? Is he going to become a monster? We yeah. don't know the impregnation thing is actually sick. happening. You know, is, is this how, yeah, is no, this no, how he... Um, is this how they die? Is this how the alien kills people? You know, you just yeah, we just we, yeah. we just we didn't know. And obviously, it's completely obvious now. And this has been it's been stolen and used in other movies and stuff. But like seeing that was fucking scary as fuck. You know, <laughs> um, and even now it's so well acted. Him thrashing mm. around on the table. Um, and that's brilliant. that's another thing that I love. I, that's one of the reasons I will always love seventies and eighties movies, sci-fi and horrors. So much practical effects. You mm. want to spray some with blood they're getting and exploding out of a t-shirt. It's not being done with fucking CG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting fucking practical effects and I'm yeah. just a aiming sucker. Aiming at the cast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a sucker for practical effects. I absolutely love them. Like. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's general panic after that, obviously, but I'm um, just going to skip forward to possibly my favorite scene in the movie and that is the first kill of the alien. Um, Oh, well, I suppose we should say, if anybody hasn't watched it, like what happens is when the alien, it comes out of his stomach, it's only a oh, tiny yeah, yeah, little yeah. thing and disappears. And they It's assume, a tiny little baby alien. Yeah. 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 And they, they, don't, they don't know, again, they don't know it's going to get any bigger. So they're off. What they're hunting for when the first death happens is they're off hunting for something that's no bigger than the size of a cat. You know, a yeah, tiny yeah, little fucking thing. <laughs> and they're rooting around looking in corners and looking in fucking like, you know, behind cabinets for this tiny little fucking hey, things kitty, kitty. Catch it. They, have, they have nets like little things to just yeah, catch yeah, it yeah. um so when we see when we fucking see the alien then oof go on it's, one, sorry yeah it's a, it's it's just astonishing and it's it's a perfect example of uh this movie's editing and pacing like it's so much goes into the design and score and really discuss direction and the cast but from an editing and pacing point of view it's it's astonishing like brett character is of looking around as you say for for this alien and i'm not sure what the area he's in is it a cargo hold or something but there was stuff before uh, i think the producers were weary of this uh set because they were saying why is there hanging chains and why is there water dripping in this fucking part of the ship and he's just like doesn't matter wait to see the fucking scene and it makes perfect sense because brett is off looking around the ship and from the moment he enters, enters, um, the that, let's call it the cargo hold. From the moment he enters until his timely desire, demise, it's a full four and a half minutes of him just looking around. And it's set in the scene, and you're just like, 
like any other movie or current day movies, this would be over in about 20, 20 seconds. He'd be dead. But there's a, there's great long shots of Brett looking up, looking around and catching some falling water in his face. And just like, when is this going to happen? Like, and they just drag it out. Lovely, lovely dragging it out. And there's no music and there's nothing to try and enhance the viewer's mood or emotions. It's just played with the, the sound design of the room and the suspense is fucking unbelievable. And when we finally, finally see the alien, it isn't with like a cheap jump scare or harsh, you know, abrupt musical like bang. It's, uh, it's with a shot of Brett in the foreground as the alien just drops down, slithers down in silence behind them, um, slightly out of focus. And it's, it's just a wonderful masterclass in pacing and just taking your fucking time to let things play out. Like it reminded me like Blade Runner 2049 is a recent movie. The only one I could really think of where scenes play out longer than you think they should because the director's gone, I just fuck it. Like audiences be damned. But this scene, um, it's just, it's just phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. And obviously he turns around and we get a glimpse of the alien or there's the, the moment before he turns around, you see, cause the alien drops down behind him out of shot. But we see that shot where the camera follows the head. As it moves up, yeah, and it yeah. just starts to turn, and you're just like, "Holy fucking shit!" Yeah, what the? Because I think before he Here finds we it, go. he fu- he's after finding the skin that it sheds. Yeah. That straight away, you're like, "Oh man, this shit's out to get bigger." Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is that? And then when you see it, this alien, like we've seen nothing like this before, the big elongated fucking head, mm. and then you see the fucking the maw on this thing of just razor sharp teeth, and the other mouth inside it, like it is, yeah terrifying looking creature um and it's so well done like it, it obviously it takes him it grabs him and he gets fucking ripped up into the mm. the rafters or whatever of the, the cargo hold and just the shot of the cat because they're out to, yeah, trying yeah. to catch jones the cat you know and it's just the cat just fucking and it's just like you said there's no do 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 there's no fucking just... bit. it's just this thing he's just coming in and just taking up this monster doesn't fucking stalk him it doesn't fucking play with him it's just there mm. to kill him you know it's and, it's it, we don't have any motives for this fucking mm. monster it's just this terrifying thing that comes against him and he screams and he's gone and depending on what cut you mm. watch yeah on some of them Yafit Kodo and I think it's Victoria Cartwright come in mm. and they see him getting ripped up and there's blood yeah getting pulled up and the thing is blood if you if you watch a normal version it's just a case that they're just talking about it how they come in yeah. and they see this thing taken they don't mm. you don't actually see it um, because yeah, you, like, you don't, you don't get, yeah, I know. Yeah, actually, in the yeah, the director's cut. There's one of phenomenal fucking shot, which I don't know why. Well, I I know why he didn't um, release it because you want the reveal to be when he drops behind him. But there's the shot where like while Brad is just walking around having a look for for this creature, which he thinks is a small creature, and there's the rain dripping, and it's just the sound of chains kind of banging off each other, dangling. We get the shot where it's just like it's a wide shot of the chains and it looks like they're dangling. But if you look close, it's just it's the alien is just fucking hanging there, just kind of swaying there for a little bit. It's a bit of a yeah. two second shot, just like, uh, you know, I just fucking rewind it like, holy, what? That fucking blew my mind. But um, yeah, it's it's, it's just a masterful fucking scene. Like, the, it, this, it's yeah. a pity your man who played him because that's the first time we see your man. I can't remember his name. I think it begins with an A. Um, but the guy who played him never, who was in the alien suit the whole time, yeah. never got to see 
what success. I think he died not he, he died quite young. I think you might have played him that he never got to see what a phenomenon. Bolaji Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't think he died. Yeah, I don't think he lived long. I don't know sure if he long, lived long too long. We might look it up there. What's his name? Balaji. Balaji. Balaji Badejo. Anyway, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he died shortly after that because I haven't heard anything. Well, not that I would have heard from him. You know what I mean? But <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't. Text, I don't think he was anything else. Like, actually, no. He sorry. He did. He died early '90s. So he would have got the, the second movie, and then that okay, was it. Yeah. So none of the games, none of the Alien Three, Four. Alien versus Predator, nothing to see what became of it. Like, because what an iconic role he got to play. He was probably just going, What the fuck? Oh. No one's going to see me. I'm in this big dumb suit. Yeah. And look what it became. Yeah. That's it. It's just more so like, You were that fucking thing, you know? Because the xenomorph is still like the greatest alien design, I think, put on film. And that's crazy to say, given it's 45, 45 fucking years ago. But that creature design. Is phenomenal, beautiful, sleek, and um, and just downright fucking cool. You know, with the, the the salivating mouth and just mouth within a mouth and whipping tail, and it's kind of beauty and ta- in and beauty and terror in equal measure. But um, you know, Geiger's love of dark fantasy with kind of harsh contrast, soft edges is a perfect marriage for this alien creature. Like some of his other work, you see it. It's yeah, it's so dark and twisted. It's fucking, it's phenomenal. But um, but yeah, that was my my favorite scene, and I was gonna just I was going kind of going by death scenes here. I was gonna move up to Dallas's death scene, but do you want to touch on anything before that? No, just what I love because obviously they've this is after that they've decided to go hunting for the mm. creature, you know, and they've only got fuck all. They've got fuck all weapons, but Dallas. Before we get Dallas's death scene, we Ash has made a contraption, and this ends up being an advanced version gets used in Aliens. But it's that fucking oh, thing, yeah, the yeah, tracker yeah. winning, and that goes on to be used amazingly in Aliens. So prominent, yeah. And if you're playing, and if you're playing Alien Isolation, and you can pull it mm. out, and you're just you're fucking swinging mm. around. Where the fuck is it? Is above me? I can, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's it. He's got this fucking tracker, and they're kind of and they're watching on, on the screen, and all they can see is little fucking dots for where the alien it's is, so little simple. dots where he is. It's so and simple. And it's like so simple, and he's. He's going down, isn't he? He's going down through the like Jeffrey's tube style thing from yeah, like, the, the, kind of, the yeah, the kind of uh, maintenance tunnels or whatever they call little tiny cramped fucking things. And it's a scene that plays yeah. out just um, so well, and and like it's given time where it's there's there's so many moments when it could easily be oh this could be when he opens this thing and fucking that's where the alien is. But um, the way they play it and the way they build up when they're using that machine, that contraption. And it, as you were saying, it's just that simple. Here's the dot where Dallas is. And that's where the alien is. And when it starts to turn and go towards him, just like, Oh fuck, you know? And, uh, there's, it, it is quite a funny moment. This reveal where I don't know what they were, what the alien is trying to do. He's trying to hug him or something where Dallas yeah. goes down and goes down through one hatch and looks one way and then turns around with his flame through or the other way and illuminates where the alien's been hiding and they cut to a close up and the alien just puts his hands out and goes, give us a hug, you know, yeah, and obviously. And cuts out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But right, yeah, it's what could they do? Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. trying to, they have to, but the scene to fit is this. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. They're trying to fit a seven and a half fucking eight foot <laughs> yeah. tall, you know, creature thing into this short space and have it do something. There's, there's not massive thing that they could do. And it was right mm. that they, as soon as they, as soon as it does this pose of the hands out, 
they just cut it like that. Yeah. You know, it just cuts out straight away. Whereas had they had they maybe tried to have him crawling towards him or something, mm. it would look so awkward because it's already in this tight space and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only other way they could have done it is to maybe just again he pans around straight away and he's face to face with it or yeah. something like that, and it cuts out. But again, I think it was a good choice of what they did was you know based on the technology and the costumes mm. and stuff that they had. And that's um, that's the that's beauty your, of it, yeah. That, you know, I think you don't yeah, at this point, him. at this point, like we already know that Ripley was right, but I mean she hasn't really come out as as the hero yet mm. because a lot of these movies, a lot of tropes, we're expecting the captain who Dallas is, we're expecting yeah. the captain to be the guy. And I think in the original scripts, they wanted Dallas to be the Ripley, you know, the main character, mm. whatever, the guy to, to, to save everybody or to survive, whatever. So for him to get killed right there and then they're almost rudderless, like fucking um, Lambert goes off the rails. What the fuck do we do now? The captain's mm. dead. You know, she's losing her, losing her shit. They have to try and come up with a plan. And like you said, Ripley has to step in and, and then take control. Um, and I, I'm, I don't want to jump into you, you telling it, but I think that's, it's, 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 this is where Ripley wants to get some answers about what, what the fuck is going on, how this shit mm. going on. So she wants to go and speak to the computer. Isn't that the next part after that? Yeah. This is where she f- discovers that his orders. Is that bit? Yeah. 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 So yeah, Ripley. Yeah. Yeah. Chats to mother. Um, haven't talked much much about mother, but just love the voice, mother. It's great. But she discovers that Ash has been given company orders to collect a specimen of the creature at any cost. The crew is expendable. Um, and there's a lovely reveal of Ash in this scene where she's leaning forward, looking at the screen, just going, "Oh fuck, I can't believe it!" And as she just as she just sits back. It's a profile shot, and you see Ash is just revealed, just yeah. right beside her, and just like, yeah. And that's when shit kind of takes a fucking turn. Where, um, yeah, they have a confrontation, and then she realizes that he is actually a fucking android, and that's a fucking wild scene. Um, <laughs> Parker um, and Lambert uh, hear the struggle, and they come in, and. Yeah, there's a melee and Parker, just another one of these moments where you're just like, you know, he's an android and stuff, but when he fucking hits him with the fucking fire extinguisher and his head just like Terminator 2 fucking kind of shit just comes clean off and uh, it's just fucking mind blowing that that whole sequence. And this is kind of the start of the movie where it where the movie starts to uh, the pacing is obviously starting to ramp up and it's just it's even you can see with the shots, pacing and then the shots and, and cinematography. Things just start to start to quicken slightly. The camera is not so fluid anymore. Starts to get a bit shaky. Um, but um, Parker and Lambert and Ripley then they wire up Ash. Um, it is a creepy fucking scene as well. His head is on the yeah. fucking ground. And yeah, his his um, they wire him up to ask him. Um, like, what do you know about this alien? Or just basically, how do we kill it? Give us some, give us something. And he beautifully says, "You know, you can't. It's, it's perfect. It's just, you know, it's the perfect specimen or the perfect killing machine." Um. So yeah, do you like that scene? Fucking blew my mind when I fucking yeah, saw it. Like, like just oh yeah, like I mean, obviously you can see it. Yeah, it's just like amazing. This. 
like yeah, you can see it now. Like his head's cut off, and she's trying to make it stick to the table. And then we have a really quick cut, mm. you know, and they switch out the they switch out the prop for actual yeah. Ash's head. You know, it's a very clever scene. But yeah. him lying there with just the head covered in all that white, whatever fluid blood that runs through the android's body, um, and they just change, distort the voice in his voice box, you know, and he's just telling them he doesn't fancy their chances, basically. And um, he's like, you admire this creature. He's like, I admire its yeah. simplicity or admire, you know, it's, and um, it's it's something that's mirrored in 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 the sequel when Bishop, obviously Bishop isn't, doesn't mm. go off the rails, like, but when he's looking at the, the face hugger in the second movie and he's just you see him and he's enthralled but he doesn't even hear when Spumfire is talking to him and he's like magnificent isn't it like he's just yeah 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 yeah. it's just it's just just a mirror how obsessed you know ash really does admire this creature its simplistic nature of just destroy um but an incredible scene and they come up with a plan then of okay we Mm. need to we can get the the shuttle the narcissus the shuttle and we can get the fuck off the ship blow it up yeah yeah, but when they split up and Ripley does her go to her job and Lambert and Yafit Kodo uh, go to do their job, unfortunately, things don't turn out too well <laughs> for the duo. Yeah, they they, they meet a, a timely demise um, also. And yeah, another just really well-played scene where, where you actually see Lambert, a shot behind Lambert and the light from the door is illuminating her and you just see the shadow of the alien coming in front of the door and it's just played so well and yeah it's just just terrifying um they die <laughs> anyway and uh yeah this is just well like when it it's just down to one and it's just fucking ripley and uh the final 15 minutes i think with ripley on the ship are some of the most intense um ever on screen it's so fucking unnerving like it's just cameras now it's just the pace is is ramped up completely and ripley is kind of like okay i need to i need to just get to this shuttle and at one moment but, but, but before, before before that though because they decide because they're gonna have to they want to blow the ship up with the creature mm. on it and oh, what yeah. i loved about this is she goes in and they and it's really they must have spent a fortune on the prop that they use to build that she needs to do this whole thing to set the um self-destruct oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. it's incredible looking those big pillars and stuff like yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. it looked like, like machined parts specifically mm. for this it's incredible looking thing but she sets the whole thing off but what's great is when she changes her mind because like there's a countdown and mm. it's like you must turn it off but in the last several minutes or yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and so at the trope and like we said in which they take the piss out of in like galaxy quest when we spoke mm. about it is that it's always able to stop at the last second yeah. so it makes the point of saying if this is not stopped within the next five minutes da, da, da. and so you just assume well oh, that's what's going to happen she's going to get back just before mm-hmm. the countdown goes she'll be able to turn off the self-destruct um, but it doesn't she gets back to turn off the self-destruct and it won't the computer goes no sorry tough shit you've already yeah. said it the self-destruct is going to go off and you're like well fuck how the fuck did she get out of here you know yeah. I like that it's her battle it's, end. So it's her getting to that it's her getting to the shuttle then to get off it but yeah it's 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 like that it's keeping you holding on it's like when is she going to get there? When is it going to happen? Because it's it goes on for fucking ages and it doesn't overstay its welcome at no. all. But it's just that tension. I'm just like, give me the fucking release. Is she going to get out or is she not going to get out? Like it's, <laughs> it's so well done. Yeah, like I think, again, it just kind of comes down to the editing and pacing, um, which is immaculate. But that, that level of suspense um, 
ever like that when we talk about the last 15 minutes but it's kind of the last hour like we're never given a moment to gather our thoughts or fucking breathe you know from one death, death scene to another um it's just it like even when when um Brett dies like as you were saying the, the very next shot after his death scene is a close up of Parker going it's it's just so fucking big you know and it's straight back into there's no like ah right what do we do lads get a cup of coffee or, you know make a plan it's just fucking relentless um and that continues here and like there's as Ripley as like you don't know how it's going to play out but she's obviously she, like she, she's going to get to the to the uh to the shuttle but that one scene where she She's getting there and she just turns around the corner and just captures, you just get a fucking, just a glimpse of the alien just kind of turn around. She's just like, uh, oh, fucking shit, shit. And just starting, you know, that back away slowly, slowly. And she just does that so well. She just looks fucking, she has that lovely look of just being absolutely terrified, but also thinking, what are we doing here? What do I do? What do we do? It's not this yeah. stupid fucking horror character who makes poor fucking choices. You can see that she is just, she's just acting with her eyes. She doesn't have to say anything. You just, you're there with her and you're just kind of going, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And as she's backing away slowly, and then you get that shot where the alien's mouth is just slowly kind of creeping around the corner with her. And it's just like, you just get the fuck out of here, fucking run. <laughs> like, um, oh, it's just fucking phenomenal. But um, yeah. And then look, she gets off the ship. Um, and self-destruct happens. Not the best self-destruct special effect I've ever seen. But, you know, for 1979, yeah. not too bad. Not too bad. And you think, you know, it's at that moment where you get a, you get a, a moment to just to breathe with her. She goes, fucking hell. Like, I've done it. I've, <laughs> I did it. And it's then that scene, it's just lovely. And it's just played out where she's getting ready to... Uh, going to cry your sheep with Jones, the cat. And it's just like, ah, oh, fucking, you did it. You know, and it's still very kind of sad and emotional of all the people have died. And then she's pressing a few buttons. She goes over to a console <laughs> to press a few other things. And possibly, I think, is it the only jump scare? Maybe there's one, uh, one with the face hugger, but like, it's just like jump scares in horror movies. Anyway, scared the shit out of me, even when there's 20 of them and you know, they're coming. But with this, um yeah, I'm pretty sure I dropped drink and popcorn and fucking everything or whatever I was drinking in the sitting room. Just, just it went because she's there at the console and then a hand just comes down from the fucking wall and then you realize that the alien has contorted itself in the fucking wall and you see it's just uh apparently like they they to specifically design that ship in the wall to get to get that dude in there. And every yeah, time he tried to get so. out, he was ripped. I think he ripped three suits trying to get out there. The tail was ripped off and stuff. Because um, it's just, again, played so fucking well. And it's and it's just the tension then of Ripley just backing in and trying to put on her fucking spacesuit um, ever so quickly to try and hit the fucking blow this motherfucker out of the airlock. And it's, it's, a, it's a terrifying sequence of... Um, just get this fucker off the ship. Get the fucker off the ship. And he's blowing out the airlock. And then what, is he, what he's caught on by, or she has a. Yeah, she, has she, a she fits into. Something. Yeah, she fits into the spacesuits there. And she fits into the spacesuit. She's kind of humming this little tune to herself. And she's. Yeah, yeah. Lucky, lucky, lucky star. And she gets down. Mm. She gets into the spacesuit and puts it on. And they then. They pay a shitload of money for that song, actually. Yeah. For yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so she straps herself into, buckles herself into the chair. Yeah. And as and then as it's coming towards her, um, she hits the door button and the door flies open and the alien gets sucked out, but he catches on last second. Yeah. He's holding on to the door. And then she pulls out this like little fucking harpoon gun, shoots the fucker, hits him. He goes flying out and then the door slams shut and he's caught outside and he kind of gets ever pulled into where the engine is mm. and she just fucking hits the button for the turbo booster thing and blows him off out into space and finally you know okay he's <laughs> definitely gone this time like he's out of space now um like it's you know you finally get your reprieve right and it's nice and it's great she's dead she's going on and she has her sign off so she's go- doing her final log then you know mm. and she's putting the log in she's saying it's Ripley, the last survivor of the Nostromo. All the crew are dead. Da, da, da. I'm hoping to get picked up by one of the shipping lanes. I'm going mm. into hypers, hypersleep. And it's a perfect ending. You know, we get a kind of soft ending. The credits come mm. up. It's no big dun, 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 dun music. It's, yeah. it's lovely fade out music and stuff. And I like the way it finished. But apparently, Ridley Scott wanted the different ending. He oh, wanted the alien. So Ridley, so Ridley to get killed and the alien to reach over and mimic human voice into it like this is Ripley signing off for Captain he wanted the alien to have uh, a person no. voice and talk into thing. and this was one of the this apparently was one of the times where the studio stepping in was the right thing so it went no you mad cunt because <laughs> that, <not> <laughs> um, that would have just changed the course of oh, yeah, yeah. what we've just talked about that whole and our whole episode of what we've been talking about today these things would be fucking stupid that's ridiculous hilarious. if they could talk you know, um, so so glad that didn't happen. I don't know if that's, I don't think it's a wives' tale. I'm pretty sure that's a real thing. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible movie. It, it was, it's, mm. it'll always be one of my favorites. I kind of wish we could just stay on for another hour and do the second movie now as well. But it's just, oh, it's, it's, it's just we'll so good. The time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like we, it's just nice to actually talk about a, a good movie after the last few weeks because, you know, um, this movie's it's revolutionary for the time, um, from concept to execution in like across the board, I think, and it it changed the landscape of sci-fi movies um, and that genre completely. That you could, uh, it's not like it's not only one of the greatest sci-fi movies or sci-fi horrors of all time. It's one that I think it stands with John Car John Carpenter's The Thing as as yeah. one of the one of the greatest movies around that era, you know, and I guess making movies is tough and making great movies is, is tougher, but this is one where everything just seemed to come together. You know, the directing, the acting, the score, cinematography, the art direction, creature design, fucking sound design, like special effects, everything. And in a, in a different era, I'd say I would have picked up many more um, Oscars and um, yeah, to, to craft something that magnificent, in a genre, I think, where there was such little credibility at the time um, and for 20th Century Fox to pump in that extra money that really probably gave it that extra bit of polish that it can stand the test of time visually today. And that tagline as well, you know, in space, no one can hear you scream like fucking genius. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, well, it's kind of one of the best taglines ever. Yeah. You know, can you think of that better than that? Like, just it's fucking class. Like, such a genius line. So simple. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, it's, oh, it could, it could yeah, go there's on. not much more we can say about it. Yeah. Like it just, just so you know, it's just, it, you could just you could just go on harping on about this movie for ages. I suppose that's one of the last things to do is then is 
people who haven't seen it, would you recommend this movie? I'd give it a solid <laughs> 75 out of five. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I um, agree. I agree. That's conservative. Yeah. Mm. For someone like I'm not that into horror, but this is the type of horror movie, sci-fi or not, you know, that I love where it's suspenseful. It's it's not playing in any cheap visual or audio uh, tropes or musical cues or something like that, where it's just, it has the balls to play the movie at a pace that they want to. Um, it's a genre film that knew its own worth, I think, and took itself seriously and was played with... Uh, a dramatic edge not seen in the genre and it just made by incredibly talented people and confident filmmakers. And it's, yeah, it's, it's just fucking fantastic. And if you haven't seen this fucking movie, shame on you. Shame on you. Yeah. If you, if you haven't seen yeah. it, fucking go and see it. I mean, I'm sure you have. Anybody who's listened to this has most likely seen it, but mm. if you haven't seen it, please go and watch it. It's, it's mm. an absolute classic that everybody should watch. Yeah. It's, and if you yeah. have seen it, when was the last time you saw it? Because if it's not in the last five years, it deserves another watch. It should be watched every five years. So on that note, that uh, concludes this episode of Middle-Aged Geeks. Um, it's always nice to do these kind of uh, um, specifically tailored episodes. And we'll hope to do a few um, over the next few weeks as reviews around or movie releases around this time are always... Um, not there's not that much out and if there is it's probably shitty movies like the last few we've seen so it's really nice to review a fantastic movie this this week or re-reviewed um so yeah just to um say to everyone thanks a million for all the uh feedback and support on social media and keep those emails coming in on what maybe we should maybe another movie you want us to review um, have you any thoughts, Phil? Any closing comments? No, just to just echo what you've said, Daz. Yeah, just, you know, if there's anything you'd like to hear us cover, you know, any, any comments you have, please shoot them in. Um, do the usual. Please like, subscribe, and share, and all that stuff for us. That'd be fantastic. Um, but no, yeah, just, yeah, just, just looking forward to cranking out more of these. Me and you discussed recently about some great movies that have anniversaries this year. Oh, yeah. So it'll be, it'll be fun to revisit some of those. Yeah, yeah. And we hope that uh, hope that people will get involved along the way as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so from myself, Daz, and from Phil, thanks a million for listening and catch you next week. See ya. See ya.